Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I've got an 888 money pit. The Money Pit is presented by Caseda by Lutron, Quicken Loans, and Arrow Fastener. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy fall. Are you working on your house? Are you feeling the chill now that your heating system's been on for two or three weeks at least, depending on where you live in the country? Have you seen that very first heating bill? Did your heart skip a beat when that happened? <laughs> I mean, yep, it's the season. The season for high heating bills, high gas bills, high electric bills. Surprise expenses. Surprise expenses. That's right. So if you've got questions on how to tighten up your house, make it more energy efficient, comfortable, beautiful, whatever you're working on, we are here to help. But help yourself first by calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit, eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Coming up on today's show, there's nothing better than throwing a blowout bash in your home for some friends, except if you're a little short on cash. But if you want to throw an amazing party in spite of that, we're going to have some strategies that will allow you to take that party to the next mile without going into debt. Plus, if you're thinking that 2019 is the year you might be selling a home, we're going to share the key improvements that need to get done first if you'd like to nail a quick sale in today's Building with Confidence tip presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. And if mold is a problem at your money pit, you may be tempted to use bleach to get rid of it. But that's not always the best way to go. We'll have some details on more effective methods just ahead. But first, give us a call right now. We're here to help you with your home improvement projects. That number is one 888 Pit. Christine in Washington is on the line with a leaky chimney. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. I have a, a chimney that's for a wood or a pellet stove, and the former owners put duct-taped cardboard in the opening, and it leaks when I have heavy rains and winds. I bet it does. <laughs> yeah. How do I close off the opening so it doesn't leak? So, first of all, we're talking about a wood stove chimney that's been sealed up with cardboard and duct tape. Does anyone think there's something wrong with this picture? <laughs> I mean, just maybe, right? Yeah. So are we still using the wood stove, Christine? No, uh, it's empty, and I put a table and lamp under it. So you're not using the wood stove at all? You don't want to use it? Why not just take it out? There's no wood stove there. It's just an empty space. That's why I put a table. Oh, okay, so so the chimney is left over from the wood stove. Yes. Then take the chimney out. Oh, really? The chimney is a hole in your roof. If you're not using it for the wood stove, then you don't need it, right? There's nothing else that uses the same chimney. Is it a metal pipe? Yeah, but the... Inside the house, it's 
part of the design of the living room, it looks like a space for a fireplace. So that's why it's all bricked in, and I, that's why I put a table and chair in it and made it sort of decorative. Right, but if you're never going to use it, okay, I, I don't really care what it looks like inside your house. I care about the penetration where it goes through the roof because that's where the leak is. And your options are either to properly flash the chimney, whatever that takes, which is not going to include duct tape and cardboard, by the way, but to have it professionally flashed so that it seals the, the, the uh, intersection between the roofing shingle and the chimney or vent pipe. But if you're not using it, just remove it. You're taking that headache away. You can patch the roof and you'll never have to worry about leaks in that area again. All right, now we've got Mike in Iowa on the line who needs some help insulating a garage. Tell us about it. Hi, uh, I have a three-and-a-half or four, basically a four-car garage underneath a house. It's a ranch. The trusses, the floor, it has trusses in it, and uh, it's cold in there. It gets cold here in Iowa, and it stays, I don't know, 35, 45 degrees during the winter, even in the coldest day. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> it has batting insulation in it, but it's still cold and you know our bedroom is above it so i was thinking about putting some insulation in it either in the blowing some drilling the holes and blowing it in or just doing it around the outside the outer walls or am i just wasting my time trying to do any better all right so the garage ceiling the walls between the garage and the house should already be insulated. So what you're asking is, can you add additional insulation to the exterior garage walls? Is that correct? Because that would be theoretically the only part of this garage that was not insulated. Correct. Well, the outer walls are concrete. So it's oh, okay. basically the ceiling I'm after, because the cold air goes up to the rooms above the garage. So do you have any, Do you, the way the ceiling is configured, it's drywall right now? So there may not be any additional in room above that to add additional insulation. Like you mentioned blown in, if that ceiling was in, was built correctly, there's already insulation there. So you may not be able to add more to that. This might be a situation where you need to improve the heat more than add to the ceiling insulation because short of building it downward – so that you have more depth, I don't see how you're going to add additional insulation if it's already insulated. Well, there's batting up there. I didn't know if it would uh, do any good to have them blow it in and pack it as tight as they can get it with uh, you know that blowing insulation. No, because insulation doesn't work on being packed as tight as possible. Insulation works on the principle of trapped air. And so if you overpack the insulation, it becomes less effective, not more effective. Right. All right, well, that tells me I would have wasted my money if I had a... When I had somebody come out and blow it in. I know. It might not be the answer you want, but at least we didn't have you spending money on something that wasn't going to work, Mike. I hope that does help. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Pick up the phone and give us a call with your home repair or home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1 888 Money Pit. 888 Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. You can find top-rated home service pros and book appointments all online for free. Up next, setting up for a party doesn't have to be an expensive proposition. If you want to have a blowout bash that your guests will be sure to remember, we're going to have some simple tips on how to do just that on a shoestring budget after this. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. 
Plus, every spring, we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it's the ho-ho home improvement season. That's right. Time to fix up your house before... That guy in the big red suit shows up. If you've got a project you'd like to tackle, give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. Presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. Nancy in Massachusetts is dealing with a garage that's got other plans than closing. <laughs> What's going on there? I have a dilemma about what to do about the door. It's just not closing properly, and sometimes it doesn't even want to go up and down, never mind when it comes down, it wiggles left to right, left to right, till it gets to the bottom. This is on a garage door opener? Oh, oh yes. So yes. When, it, when it goes up and down, it shimmies in the, in the opening? Yes, and the closing. So generally, the rollers on the side of the garage door are failing when that occurs. They're ball-bearing rollers, and when they get stuck... Then, then they get sort of hung up on the way down, and that's what makes the door sort of vibrate. Uh, it puts a lot of resistance on it, too, and that may be the reason it's not closing all the way or closing evenly. It sounds like the door is pretty old, and you know your options are to replace all the hardware uh, and try to you know realign the door, get it working right, or just replace the door and the door opener. If it's if it's that old and that you know sort of rickety, I, I might lean towards just a replacement. The new doors today are actually a lot lighter than the old doors, and they work really smoothly. Um, I just put two on in the garage, uh, I guess about uh, eight nine months ago. Now I'm really happy with them, and I used to have really heavy hardboard doors on this garage. Now I have nice uh, factory painted steel doors that uh, look really good, really sharp, and just close flawlessly every single time. One of those metal doors. It is okay, but it's an older metal door. Yeah, and I put both shield um, on the tracks to try to get it to roll down properly. Yeah, but if the hardware has failed, even if you've lubricated the tracks, if the hardware has failed, it's not going to work right. So, what would you recommend? A new door, or just get somebody over to do the hardware? I'd get a new door and a new opener. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to put good money after bad. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, you know, who knows if you could find the old hardware to match and everything. I'd just get a new door and new opener. I think it'd be worth it. Okay. Very good advice. I appreciate it very much. 
Well, if it's uh, the season where you're getting ready to plan a party, but perhaps you have not so much budget to do just that, there are a few things that you can do to try to save some of those costs, or at least plan a little bit better. And first one is, if you know the party's coming up, it's a good time to start putting money aside for that party as soon as possible, because the earlier you start saving, the more you're not going to have to deal with some unexpensive financial stress as that party gets closer. And you know, another thing I think is if you always host, say, a holiday, you don't have to be responsible for all of the food or the items that your guests are going to enjoy at that party. You know, think about maybe putting a twist on it and hosting a potluck. Now, you're quickly going to find out that it's much less expensive when you share the burden of paying for all the food, and most of your friends are actually going to be fine with bringing a dish. You know, you can consider taking care of the main dish yourself or providing a main dish alongside with a couple of, you know, sides and then ask your friends to bring the desserts or the appetizers. I think if you've sort of split it up, you'll see that the costs instantly there come down and no one's going to be mad about it. Now, you also want to manage the size of your party. While it may be tempting to invite all the people that you know, you really can manage the party better if you try to keep it small to six or, or eight people, because the more people you invite, I think personally, I feel like I'm spread too thin. I don't really get a chance to spend any, a lot of time with any one particular person or, or, or set of guests that come. And so keeping the number down actually saves you some money and makes the party a, a lot better experience for everyone. Yeah, I'm super lucky because my family has just completely outgrown my tiny home. So with all my cousins and now their spouses, and other kids like I can no longer host Thanksgiving, which I'm sad because I actually really liked doing it. But, <laughs> you know, we just don't fit in my house. So know your numbers, guys. Really think about inviting the appropriate amount of people. And I think also think about low cost decor strategies that will allow you to decorate on a budget. Use real plates and cups. You know, you've got them in your cupboards for those exact reasons to be eaten off of. Paper plates, plastic plates, all of that stuff costs money. And if you find that with the real deal, if you don't have the right amount for the people coming, it's okay to mix and match or go to a local party store or a local discount store, even a dollar store. You're going to find great dishes at affordable prices, and that helps a lot to keeping the cost down. If you're feeling really creative, you can see what you can make yourself for the decorations, but keep the budget down by restricting it to items that you already have around the house. Raid your holiday decorations. You know, these are fun ways to make your party sparkle. You don't have to have fancy decor or even a theme for your party. Just have fun with your family and friends, and that's enough to make the night a blast. Trust me, all those extras are fantastic, but if you can't go for it, don't worry about it. Do what you can. The whole point is just getting together. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Give us a call right now if you're planning a project or a party at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Michael in West Virginia is on the line with some questions about windows. How can we help you? Uh, yes, I'm getting ready to do replacement windows in my house. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, um, I've gotten a few estimates from some of the window companies. And I don't want to mention any major brands or anything, but I know that when they came to do a job across from me, they told the man that after they give him his estimate and everything, they come in and they said that this was the cost of the window. Well, then once they got there, they told him that that didn't include the capping, it didn't include this, it didn't include that. <laughs> I hope you didn't call that company. Well, I'm not going to call that company, but I mean, that's they're a major corporation and yeah well i don't care how big they are that's just bad form you just don't do that i was debating on whether just going ahead and having a company 
Yeah, go ahead and measure my wind. This I've, I've had two or three estimates, so they've already been measured, and I'm going to measure them again myself, and then order them from a, a, you know, a contractor like Lowe's or maybe from Pella Windows or somebody like that. And I just was wondering what you all thought about the warranties on the windows. Okay, well, first of all, uh, there's a label on windows that's very helpful, and it's called it's the National Fenestration Rating Council or the NFRC label. And it's going to give you some key indicators of the quality of the window. And so when you're looking at these windows, you want to know what that data is, because this way you can compare and contrast as to what's the most efficient window. Now, in terms of do-it-yourself or not, um, you know, it's not terribly difficult to install replacement windows if if you have some basic carpentry skills. Um, And if that's the case, you know, you could go ahead and order them and, and, and do the installation yourself. I generally tell people not to do their own ordering because each type of replacement window gets fitted slightly different, and you're always better off having the manufacturer or the retailer do the measuring, even if there's an additional fee. This way, if it doesn't fit, it's their problem, not yours. But in terms of what happened to your neighbor, I think that should be the exception and not the rule. I can't imagine a company pulling that, but, you know, there's always people out there that try these these uh, these types of approaches where they show up with the windows and say, oh, by the way, it's going to be a lot more to complete this installation. Uh, typically, you can get a price for the window, and installation includes uh, the uh, re covering of all of the trim if it's going to be covered by aluminum or whatever that's all specified out in the bid so i guess your neighbor didn't know enough to kind of check for that or ask for that but all of that work should be specified in advance and if it is you know then it's a relatively painless process so i would definitely suggest you stick with name brand windows like pella like anderson like simonton and with their dealers that they work with, they usually have their own set of installers that I think with those bigger brands, you're less likely to run into that. The problem with the replacement windows is it's just there's so many people in the business, and they all have different sources of the windows, and, and you just don't always get what you think you're paying for. Michael, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Cynthia in New York is on the line, and there seems to be a whole host of problems going on with this tile floor. I was going to start itemizing, but why don't you just tell us what's going on? My house was built in 1948. It's uh, oak hardwood floors throughout. I bought 12-inch square ceramic tile from Lowe's in order to put in a uh, an area coming in from the front door going through the uh, foyer area. Last year, I installed, had it installed, and it was uh, during a heavy rainstorm, so the, the uh, repair people... Uh, uh, cut the tiles right inside my house and created tremendous um, cement dust throughout. And um, when the installers left, they told me that the grout should be sealed, which I did using a special spray can, and they said that that they would return to finish on the edges uh, to prevent tripping, etc., because it was raised slightly higher than the rest of the floors. After a few weeks, I noticed movement of the tiles, and then a couple uh, cracked, and now all of the tiles move, and the crowd in the heaviest traveling areas has turned brown when I wet mop it. Uh, the rest remains white. Okay, so Cynthia, let me just summarize this. Essentially, you've had this tile down for less than a year, and the tiles are getting loose? Yes. All right, so the installation was not done correctly. The grout... The porosity of the grout, whether it's getting brown, red, yellow, or blue, I really don't care so much about because that's all meaningless when the tiles are not adhered well. 
So the problem here is that the installation sounds like it was done incorrectly. I don't know how they adhered the tiles. I don't know how they prepared the floor, but there is no way that tile should tiles should be loosening up uh, inside of a year and having all of these problems associated with them. So this is a situation where it really is the installer's responsibility. And if you can get that installer back, I think they owe you a new floor. Yeah. I, I can't stick one here and stick one there or that sort of thing. You're fighting a losing battle, okay? Because, you know, you had you saw it right away. They started to loosen up right away. Now it's just getting worse. And the reason the tiles crack is because they're not supported evenly underneath. So this all comes down to installation. If the floor was put down correctly, those tiles would be rock solid. And so far as the grout is concerned, yeah, I mean, you do seal the grout. It is it is a maintenance issue to maintain it. I'm not so concerned about that. It certainly wouldn't crumble if the tiles were, were secure. But that really is the issue. The tiles have to be removed at this point. The adhesive has to be pulled out. You may need another, another layer of underlayment. I'm not quite sure, again, how it was attached. And uh, if it's done correctly, though, it literally can last indefinitely. Cynthia, thank you so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit, and good luck with that project. Just ahead, if you're thinking that 2019 is the year you might be selling your home, we're going to share the key improvements that need to get done first if you'd like to nail a quick sale in today's Building with Confidence tip presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Plus, more of your calls to 1-888-MONEY-PIT after this. 888-MONEY-PIT Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. 
where home solutions live. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it is officially the Ho-Ho Home Improvement Season. So if you are getting in the holiday mood, and that mood involves taking on some projects around your house, maybe you're sprucing up your bathroom, your kitchen, you know, with those two areas of the house, you don't have to do a major gut job remodel. It's amazing what you can do with just some inexpensive projects. Like, for example, just change all of the hardware in your kitchen. All of those kitchen cabinet hardwares, I mean, you're talking about a couple hundred bucks in parts there. It's kind of like jewelry for your kitchen. It's like the bling. It really makes such a huge difference. It really does, and it's a pretty simple project. So big or small, though, if you've got questions on those projects, call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT or post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. Can we also call it the gobble, gobble, get it done time of year? Yeah, I like that. I'm going with that. The gobble, gobble, get her done. Yeah, I love it. Dan in Missouri, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Uh, I have a back porch that I turned into a, a salon and for my wife, and um, it was never insulated out there, and I've insulated the walls and ceiling, and uh, I need a way to insulate the floors, and what it is, it's, it's about a foot off the ground at the front of it and maybe a foot and a half at the back of it, and there's not really a good way to crawl under there and try to insulate. I was wondering the best way to try to insulate that to keep the pipes from freezing. Yeah, that's going to be difficult because you have no access to that space. I mean, in a perfect world, you'd be able to get under there and push some fiberglass bats un- underneath the floor, but you can't do that. Now, what kind of flooring is down from the top side? Is there any way you can remove that floor and insulate and then reinstall it? Uh, no, not without great difficulties. It's It's got old 2 by 6 um, flooring with a sheeting on top of that, and then I've got a laminate-type flooring on top of that. Mm, so the flooring is finished, too, correct? Yes, yes. I don't have a good solution for you because you have no access to that space. Very, very little access around the edges. I mean, I yeah. can get to the edges and insulate around the outside, but I wouldn't even know. If you could get creative and get those insulation bats up and, you know, pressed up under that floor... You know, that's going to help, but it's very difficult. You know, one thing you could also consider doing is spray foam insulation. Uh, A spray foam pro might, might be able to get the tools back down to the nooks and crannies of that floor space to be able to foam it and sort of work their way out. Spray foam, you spray it and it expands. There's a very significant expansion ratio of maybe 100 to 1 or so. So they put a thin coating on the inside of the floor. It will, like, fill up to, like, 8 inches or 10 inches thick. So that's a possibility, but again, it's tricky. And I got I ran plumbing and water, so I need to somehow... Well, if you ran the plumbing and the water, why didn't you insulate the pipes at the same time? Well, I was planning on... I thought there would be a way to insulate around the outside of it or insulate... I ran everything through a window through the basement to get out there, so I've got airflow through my basement. So if I could somehow insulate around the edges, I think it might keep it enough to... Right. You might you might want to dig out some of that crawl space, you know, create kind of like a Yankee basement there. Not not enough to, to uh, do anything more than crawl in there, but you may need to lower some of it to get access to that space and do all everything that you need to do. That's a problem when you convert spaces like that. You know, they're never they were never in, intended to be uh, to be a living space uh, when they were first constructed. So they're very challenging to work around, just like you're experiencing. Yeah, I'm finding that out. All right, thank you. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
Well, if you're planning to put your home on the market next year, creating curb appeal is key to a quick sale. Today, however, curb appeal doesn't just mean looking good for that drive-by potential buyer. It means looking good online as well. And that's all the more reason to take the steps to spruce up your home's first impression before it goes to the market. Now, landscaping is one of the easiest ways to make a good impression for very little cost. Even just planting colorful flowers in the landscaping beds or grooming a lush lawn and adding some greenery and potted plants, it's going to create a drastic transformation in a higher perceived value. Next, you want to check the exterior surfaces for wear and tear. If you spot flaky paint, mold, moss, even mildew, it's got to go. And while you're at it, make sure that the service records are up to date on your heating, cooling, and any other systems that you've got in the house that need some regular TLC. You know, Tom's a former home inspector, and he can tell you that a home that hasn't kept these important systems serviced really leaves those buyers fearing that perhaps you're overlooking some other things that could be a major flaw. And, you know, truly, you can sign up for service plans that keep the costs way down and allow those service people to come more quickly than just a regular person who calls in without that plan. And usually they cover the cost of the materials. So it's worth it to do it. Now, one more thing to remember, and this is important. According to the National Association of Realtors, 80%, 80% of potential home buyers are starting their search online. So good pictures are a must You can hire a pro to take yours or choose a clear but perhaps overcast day for the best results when taking those pictures. And listen, since photos are digital these days, take a lot. Experiment with different angles, different views, and then choose those that make your home look its best. And today's Building with Confidence tip has been brought to you by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. It's completely online and reduces annoying and time-consuming paperwork and gives you a real, accurate, and personalized mortgage solution based on your unique financial situation with no hidden fees or hassles. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. Now we've got Lee on the line with a real estate question. We are military couple and we have five children. We're just trying to decide when we should put our house up on the market. We just got orders to go to a new base, and we're trying to decide if we should put it up now or wait a few months, when the best time would be for that. Wow. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for your service, and that's quite a challenge that you have. You've got five kids, and you've, you've got to move. Um, I would say that you'd be better off putting it up now, not waiting, even though it doesn't seem like it's the best time of year to sell. Uh, a bird in hand is worth two in the bush, as my, my dad always used to say. And if you can sell that house now um, rather than risk not having it sold by the time it's time for you to move, that's the best possible scenario. If you find a buyer that's really co- uh, that's really cooperative, they might even be able to uh, you know extend the closing date to give you the time that you need to get to the new base. But I guess if I was faced with that scenario, I would probably try to get the home on the market as quickly as possible. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still ahead, fall is a great time of year for cleanup. If tackling mold is one of the chores at your house, bleach might not be the best thing to use to get rid of it. We're going to tell you why after this. You live in a money pit.
Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. They really do have the best local pros for any home service. That's right. doesn't matter what the project is. They make it fast and easy to find top-rated pros. And there are no membership fees. It's 100% free to use. HomeAdvisor.com. And here's another great reason to pick up the phone and call us with your home improvement question at 888 Pit because we are giving away a fantastic tool that can help with those DIY projects. It's the iconic American-made T50 Arrow Heavy-Duty Staple Gun and a supply of staples. It's the most popular American-made staple gun ever. It's got all chrome steel housing, jam-resistant mechanisms. It's got a very powerful coil spring. And you know what? There's a lot you can do with it because right now on Arrow's website at arrowfastener.com, just click on Projects, they've got the step-by-step tips and advice you need to take on a really fun project. It's called Light Up Wall Art. It's all right there on arrowfastener.com. Just click on the projects. That prize pack is worth 50 bucks. going out to one caller. Make that you. The number again is one eight 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 money pit Dennis in Michigan's on the line with a water heating issue. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. Um, I am actually calling for a lady friend. She has a 1,500-square-foot home. Okay. It's on a well and septic. And the uh, water heater is at one end of the house, and the kitchen and the bathroom's at the other end of the house. And, and the, obviously the hot water takes forever to get there. Is there something that can be done for that? Uh, one of two things. So... What you could do is put in a second water heater, and that would be a tankless water heater, closer to the source, the point of consumption, which would be the the bathrooms and the kitchen, and that will speed up that water. And then Renai also has a type of water heater that they're just releasing on the market that has like a recirculator built into it where it will actually pull a stream of water back and constantly keep it warm without driving up the utility cost uh, too high. Does that make sense? Well, okay. But the Renai, is that a tankless also? Yeah, Dennis, the Renai product is called the Ultra Series, and it basically is sort of a breakthrough in recirculation technology. So I would check out the Renai website, I believe it's foreverhotwater.com, and there you'll be able to take a look at the ultra series of tankless water heaters, and that might just solve this problem once and for all. Yeah, so that would probably save energy too. Absolutely. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, you've probably heard that bleach is the best weapon against mold, but in reality, bleach is only a short-term fix and can actually interfere with mold removal and pose health risks for you and your family. Now, mold removers are a way better option, and they can help you safely win the battle against mold once and for all. Now, while bleach can give the impression of effective mold removal, not even the strongest bleach can really get down and permeate through all those surfaces to kill mold at the roots. And it's only going to be a matter of weeks before those bleach-treated mold surfaces make a comeback, especially if they're porous, like drywall or lumber or grout and the upholstery. And even worse... The water in bleach adds moisture that actually does contribute to more mold growth, and you don't want that. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's not the only way that bleach makes the problem worse. It actually leaves behind a carbon layer residue that blocks effective mold cleaners from reaching the roots of the mold. So if you've used bleach on a moldy surface at any point in the past, you want to be sure to wash the treated area down with warm water and detergent, then let it dry before you attempt to treat it again. Otherwise, you're going to just be doing all that work in vain and nothing's actually going to help. Yeah, definitely. And keep in mind that ditching bleach from mold cleaners also means ditching the health hazards that come from using bleach because it can be potentially toxic. You don't need to have that much of it around your house. And there are a lot of mold cleaners available that can do a better job. So do your research, find one that works for you, and you'll find they can be far more effective in the long run than using just bleach to get rid of mold. Carolyn from Ohio's on the line and has a noisy neighbor. I mean, her siding is being noisy. What's going on? The siding is just noisy. The second floor, you can hear it. You know, when you walk through the bedrooms, you can hear the siding. It's vinyl siding? It is. So vinyl siding is not supposed to be nailed securely to a home. It's supposed to be nailed loosely. That's why if you look at a piece of vinyl siding, it doesn't have holes in it. It has slots. And it has to be nailed loosely because the siding is designed to expand and contract when it's exposed to the sunshine, has a pretty high expansion contraction rate, as a matter of fact. I haven't really heard anyone complaining about noise from it, but I do think it would make sense that if you were in a windy area, perhaps you might um, hear some of that. Unfortunately, I don't have a good solution for you because you cannot tighten it up. If you do, um, you're going to start getting uh, buckled areas. And if if you uh, start driving around neighborhoods that have vinyl siding in the summer, you, have you ever seen the house that's just got all the sort of wavy siding on it? That's what happened. It went on too tight and it buckled. So if it's moving, it's put on correctly. One way to check is to take a piece uh, and just put your hand on it and try to slide it back and forth. The boards actually should slide if they're installed properly. Okay. I, I, I've had people out to look at it to, to fix it, and they, they say that, that it's, it's okay. Because I always worry that it's, yeah. fly, it's going to fly off the house or something. No, don't worry about that because, like I said, it's supposed to be loose. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good luck, Carolyn. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Still ahead, are your kitchen cabinets tacky or sticky? Well, it's probably residue from all the cooking you're doing. We're going to tell you how to clean your cabinets and keep them from getting that grimy buildup after this. Live in a body pit. It is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of HomeAdvisor's top-rated pros for free. All right, we've got a post here from Johnny in New Jersey who writes, We have oak kitchen cabinets, and especially when it's humid, the doors are tacky and sticky. They're 16 years old, and I probably used some spray at one time, but now I just use oil soap. Can you help me with getting all this residue off, or do I need to strip them down? Yeah, you know what? I tell you, that's that. It, it, when it gets like that, it's a real problem. And I think what you probably want to do is stay with the Murphy's oil soap because that is the most mild one that you can possibly use. Uh, if that's not working for you, 
it is possible to try some TSP. I would mix up only a, a weak solution, though. That's trisodium phosphate. It's a powdered sort of detergent. You can mix that up, and that can help cut through some of that really heavy grease. And then maybe you go to the Murphy's oil soap after that. But you've got to uh, be careful to not use too much water. Try only put on, putting on as much water as you as you really need minimally, because otherwise it can really start to warp and, and twist those surfaces. All right, now we've got a post from Tiffany in Ohio who writes, we've got a slow running drain in the bathtub. I used a bottle of chemical drain cleaner from a local store and followed the directions. It now drains faster, but when it's draining, it makes terrible loud gurgling noises. <laughs> I really don't like drain cleaners. They can splash up and, and burn you. Probably what's happening is you've got some debris down there. It's interrupting the venting of the uh, plumbing system itself, and that's why you're getting the gurgling. So it really needs to be snaked out. I would try it with a DIY snake that you can buy at home center. They're really inexpensive, just a few bucks. But if it doesn't work, call a pro. All right, good advice. Well, if you're only using your microwave to heat up leftovers, you may be missing out on some of the other very handy uses. Leslie has the details in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. You know, we all know that microwaves are amazing and awesome. I mean, they're a super great appliance if you've got some leftovers to heat up. But did you know that you can be doing so many other things with the microwave that are truly super helpful around the house? For example, you can disinfect sponges and get rid of that funky smell just by using your microwave. All you have to do is soak the sponge in a water and vinegar mix and then zap them for a minute. Now, you can also do the same with a cutting board. Just rub a little lemon on it, heat it for a minute, and then say goodbye to all of last night's raw chicken germs. I will tell you, when microwaving the sponge, it is very hot when you take it out of the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> so just be careful. Now, here's another cool trick. If you ever go into your cupboard and you find out that your honey jar is sort of crystallized into a solid mess, you can bring it back to life on a medium power setting for about 30 seconds. Now, you can also cut grilling time by heating potatoes for two minutes and bell peppers for one minute before you put them on the grill. Just again, things get super hot in the microwave, so make sure you're using oven mitts when you take them out. Otherwise, you could get a very nasty burn. Now, here's one other great tip to use the microwave is to warm up citrus fruits. Not only is this going to help release the juice when you cut into them when you want to use the juice for a recipe, but it's also going to help release the oils in the skin when you want to zest the skin of that citrus fruit, or it brings out that beautiful scent. So if you want to use the citrus to display in a pretty bowl around the house, it really gives them a wonderful fragrance at the same time. So, so many things you can do with the microwave. I mean, the list goes on and on, but let's start there and get you excited about using your microwave for things other than popcorn and heating dinner. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, do you want a warm, toasty fire this winter, but you don't have a fireplace? Well, adding a direct vent fireplace is one way to go. It's a great way to add that warm glow of a fireplace to any room. We're going to tell you how to do just that on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 